Galatians chapter 4. It's been a little while since we've had our Wednesday night Bible study, our split sessions, uh, our, our connect classes have been taking place this summer. But I'm glad to be back in Bible study tonight, Galatians chapter 4. We're going to read uh, just a little portion of Scripture here beginning in verse 22. It says, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he, was, uh, but he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. He who was born after the free woman was by promise. I'll stop there just real quick, and I'll just put a little uh, test out here for our congregation. Who were these two individuals that this scripture is talking about? Okay, so yeah, so we have the two, uh, the bondwoman and the, the free woman was Sarah and ha- and Hagar, the two, so I heard that. And then the two two sons are, I think I heard it, Isaac and Ishmael. Okay, so Isaac and Ishmael are our two um, two sons that are born of Abraham. And so this is uh, where we are coming into this. If you uh, remember this story from the book of Genesis, we see Abraham receiving these, this promise of a child at a very old age. He still has not had any children. And so he goes with this bondwoman, Hagar, the the servant um, of their the servant, and he has a child with her that is Ishmael, and the child of the free woman or his wife Sarah. This is the the promised child, which is Isaac, and uh, we will continue here. Verse twenty four, it says, "Which things are an allegory for these are the two covenants, two covenants." That's going to be our topic tonight is looking at covenants. This is not, there's not only two covenants, but this is speaking of two covenants here. The one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar, or uh, it's, uh, Hagar is who it's speaking of there. For this, Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of of us all. So this is talking of the two covenants that we have, the one of Ishmael and the other, this covenant that is with, uh, with Isaac, which is the promised son. Verse 27, for it is written, rejoice thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry thou that travailest not, for the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. So who is, who is he speaking to here? This is Paul writing a letter to the Galatian church, which the Galatian church is this, uh, this region the, uh, that is in Galatia, which is a predominantly Gentile region. And so this is, um, though there may be some Jews that were, that were there and that were part of the church, this is primarily a, Gent- uh, a church made up of Gentiles. And he's speaking to them. He says, now we, we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. That we belong to that covenant. We belong to the promise 
that was to Isaac, the promised child of Abraham. Verse 29, but as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. So uh, just hearkening back to that uh, original story, Ishmael made fun of, persecuted Isaac. He, he didn't, uh, the two did not get along. He uh, was not, uh, he ended up being separated from the family because of that persecution. And so he's saying, just as the two of them did not get along, so these two covenants also do not coexist with one another. Verse 30, nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. Again, hearkening back, Hagar, she and Ishmael were cast away from the family. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. There's only one heir. There's only one true covenant that will stand. There's only one promised son. That was Isaac. It was not to be Ishmael, the one that was born of the flesh. And so we have this uh, saying here, the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir alongside the son of the free woman. So, so then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman. Speaking to the Gentiles, speaking to the church, we don't belong to the covenant or to the children of the bondwoman, but we belong to that of the free. We, the church, ought to be part of the, of the, the lineage or the, uh, the family of Isaac, the promised son. Verse 1 of chapter 5, we'll finish here. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Do not entangle yourself again with that yoke of bondage that, uh, that we had that is represented by the covenant that God made with Ishmael, but it is a covenant that was made out of the flesh, not a covenant that was made out of the spirit or made out of the promise. We'll read one more little passage here. It's actually uh, preempting this passage in Galatians. It's in chapter 3, verses 26 through 29. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. When you were baptized into Christ, you put him on, or you became uh, you became a joint heir with Christ. We'll see that here. For there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. This is not trying to uh, make a dis- or to, to take out the distinctives uh, of mankind. We uh, we obviously have differences among us, but it's saying that there it's equal footing between everybody. That it's not no longer Jew. That is the one that is elevated and the Gentile that is cast aside. It's no longer the one who is the bond man and the free. It's no longer this 
caste society or this these differences in society. But no, this is all one in Christ Jesus. We are all on equal footing when we come into this new covenant with Jesus Christ. Verse 29. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to the promise. You are heirs according to the promise. Okay, so tonight, our, as I said, our subject is covenants. And covenants are a very, very important term or very important concept that re- you really need to understand in order to understand the entirety of Scripture. There's covenants that go from the very beginning all the way to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. That Then there's covenants that go to the very end, even beyond Scripture, to the everlasting covenant, that covenant that will stand for eternity, that, that covenant of heaven. And, and we see throughout Scripture covenants that take place and there's, and really to understand our relationship with God, it is a relationship of covenant. It's a relationship that God chooses to come into with us. It's a, uh, probably should define the term here of covenant. A covenant is a chosen relationship in which two parties make binding promises to one another. A very good example that can be uh, that should be drawn on when thinking about a covenant is the marriage covenant, and this is one that Scripture itself leans on that example very often. It's this marriage covenant that a husband and wife would come together, and you see a covenant. There's there's these three aspects to it. There's, it's a relationship between the parties. It's different than a contract. A contract is very similar to a covenant, but it's not necessarily a, a relationship that is, uh, that is formed between the parties. A contract is more business-like. It's, it's, it's a promise that the two are making, but, but it's, it's less relational than a covenant is. A covenant is relational. A marriage covenant, in particular, is, is very much relational. Even if you go back to how marriages took place during the time of Abraham and the Bible, at that time it wasn't necessarily dating and falling in love with each other. Uh, I guess this is even even the case in some places today in society, or, you know, different places of the world, that marriages are arranged, and and that was very much how it was at that time. That oftentimes it was an arranged marriage; you wouldn't necessarily know the person who you were going to get married to prior to that marriage taking place. Uh, but yet, after that covenant had been, been formed, there was relationship. It was, it was not the same as a, a, a son or a daughter being born, a child being born. That's, there's relationship there, but it's not a chosen relationship. So again, that goes to our second point. This is a choice. This is an election that, that you're making, that the two parties are choosing to come together. You're choosing one another. The two, two parties are, are 
saying, I am, am going to come into covenant with you. And, and we have some obligations and promises that are going to bind us in this covenant. A, there are things that within a marriage you are promising to one another. We have here tonight for the very first time and, uh, in service with us tonight, uh, we have married couple Jarvel and Tiffany that uh, got married this past weekend. Amen. And they made promises to one another. They made some binding promises. And there's uh, a, an exchange that was even made. They, they exchanged rings that were a promise, that were a, uh, a sign of the covenant that they were entering into. And we see throughout Scripture, this, uh, anytime these covenants were being made, that there were, there were things that were token of the covenant that took place. There's a lot of different covenants that were made. Um, you could see covenants between people. Abraham made many different covenants. There was a time when Abraham was, was digging wells. He was traveling around, uh, traveling around the, the, what would be the promised land, the, the place that God had told him that it was the land of Canaan. And, and as he traveled, he would dig wells. And, and there was a time where there was a dispute between Abraham and Abimelech, who was a, a ruler within the, the region. And, and they made a covenant with each other because Abraham had, had dug a well. A well was very important during that time. Uh, as you can imagine, when you have a lot of sheep or a lot of livestock to, uh, to make sure that they stay alive, a, a well is very important to have. And so Abraham came into a covenant with Abimelech, and they, they exchanged promises to one another that, that they would, um, in fact, there was even a, a gift that was exchanged between the two of them. Abraham gave Abimelech some, some of his livestock. Abimelech gave him some, uh, some, some land in exchange for this well that would be there. And so we, we see that covenant that was made. You see covenants that were made uh, between, uh, between Jonathan, and, uh, Jonathan and David would be a, a covenant that was made that uh, was between friends. That the two of them, even though David was a threat to Jonathan's ascendancy to the throne, he had a very close relationship with David and the two of them being friends and Jonathan recognizing that God's hand was upon David. They came into a covenant with one another and he is it we can read in scripture. I don't have all this written down, but uh, you can read in scripture where uh, where you have the exchange of of robes, the exchange of rings that Jonathan would give to David to signify that I'm behind you. I'm coming into covenant with you and I will back you up that uh, no harm shall come to you. You see covenant, covenants that the people of Israel will come into with other nations. Even in times where the covenant was not, uh, not done on, uh, not, not really even done on purpose. The Gibeonites were an example. This nation, these people who, who lived in the, in the land uh, of, of Canaan, the promised land, Joshua had crossed over into there, and, and God had given strict instructions to the people of Israel. He said, when you go in, I want you to dispel all the people that are there. Don't allow them to, don't, don't mingle yourself amongst them. 
Cast them out. This is the land that I have given you. And so we see Joshua and the Israelites doing a very good job of that as they come to Jericho. And they come to Jericho. They follow God's plan and that Jericho falls. But there comes a day where there's some people that come and they're dressed in, in these, these robes. And they, they have this story of who they are, that they're travelers. And they come into covenant with the people of Israel. It comes, comes to be that after making a covenant with them, that these were not travelers from some distant land, but rather these were inhabitants of that land. They were the Gibeonites. And the Gibeonites came into this covenant with Israel. And even though it was a covenant that was done through deception, God said, you need to honor the covenant. It was a covenant that they had to honor. And and eventually Saul, uh, the king of Israel, would he would dishonor that covenant. He would kill the Gibeonites. And God took vengeance on them because they broke the promise and the obligation of the covenant. You see so many different covenants that take place throughout Scripture between, between man or between nations and all these things. And it was always an exchange that took place and obligations that took place. But the most important covenants were the covenants that God made with His people. This is a covenant that it is not between two equal parties. It's not a covenant between Abraham and Abimelech, where the two of them are on somewhat equal standing. It's not a covenant between David and Jonathan, where they're on pretty equal standing. It's not a covenant between uh, between Israel and the Gibeonites, where they're two nations. It's, it's not a covenant between two, two people that are of equal standing, but rather it is of a superior God and his people. And yet even that was not a similar a, a covenant kind a type of covenant that the people were not familiar with because in that time the kings of the day would make covenants with the people who they ruled over. They said I will be there for you. You will pay taxes to me or you will uh, you will defend me, that you will make me your king, and I will be your Lord. I will be your protector. I will be the one who makes sure that, uh, that, that we have a, uh, a safe, established city or nation that we have. And, and it's, a, it's a covenant that the king would make with his nation. The king would make with his people. And this is very similar to the type of covenant that God would come into with his people This is the kind of covenant that God would come into even with us. Who am I? David says, who am I that thou art mindful of me? God, who are we that you would want to come into covenant with us? Yet, God is a covenant-making, covenant-keeping God. That God... He chose to make covenant with his people. So let's, let's look back at what, what is a covenant. A covenant is a chosen relationship. This is why God created mankind in the first place. He wanted relationship with his creation. God desired relationship. He, he, he made the, he made the animals and, and they were good. Everything, he made all the creation and it was all good. 
But then when he made man and he made Adam, he made something that he said it was very good. It was in his image and his likeness. And he came and he made a covenant with Adam. He established a covenant with mankind. He breathed the breath of life into Adam. And he made a covenant with Adam that as long as you stay within the boundaries that I have made, then I will allow you to have lordship and kingship over all of this paradise where you live. This was the covenant. This is the Edenic covenant. Kind of getting ahead of myself just a little bit. But uh, these biblical covenants, they are, they are established through the calling, the entering into. So there's a calling uh, of, that's, that is made or they're, they're calling for a covenant. And then the two parties, they would enter into a covenant. Once you enter into the covenant, you must keep the covenant. There's promises that are made. There's a blood exchange that was often that would often take place and there's a seal we talked about the exchange just as in a wedding the exchange of rings or the exchange of different things that would take place to say that this covenant has been sealed this covenant has been entered into and we see here these nine grand covenants that are initiated by God in scripture that one is the one that I was just referencing which is the Edenic covenant or you look at the garden of eden and this is one that uh, is is out of all of these um perhaps the the most i don't know if controversial is the word but uh there there is the, the word covenant is not used within the genesis chapter one through three narrative you don't see the word covenant that's actually mentioned but you do see in the book of psalms and you see in the book of uh isaiah and in Daniel, you see these, uh, or rather Jeremiah, you see these, these, uh, prophets and the psalmists refer back to the covenant that God made with Adam and with Eve. So even though we don't see the word covenant may, uh, come up and we don't see this actual covenant that is stated in this Genesis narrative, we see an Edenic covenant that God says, you eat freely. From the tree of life. Eat freely from the tree of life. And as you do so, then you are made in my image and in my likeness, which means that you have the authority to rule over all the land. You have, in fact, the, uh, the, the, the command to go and to care for the land, to, to tend to it, to make sure that everything is, is, is done well. You're going to name all the animals. You're going to go and take care of them. You have lordship over all of my creation. This is the Edenic covenant that God made with Adam and Eve. As long as they lived inside of that, uh, of that paradise, of the Garden of Eden, then they were in covenant with their creator. So we know they broke covenant, they sinned, they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And with that, there was a breaking of the covenant from their part. And because of that, we see this consequence of breaking the covenant. They were cast out of the Garden of Eden. Yet, God made again, He renewed a covenant with Adam. He said, 
Even though you've broken this covenant, I'm still going to call you and to, uh, I'm going to call you out and we are going to uh, have through your lineage a promised seed that will come. That there will be, the serpent is, is going to bruise your heel, but eventually there will be a son of Adam who will come and that will crush the head of the serpent. And with that, Adam is then uh, asked to go and to be fruitful and multiply. And so we have this new covenant that is made with Adam. That same covenant, uh, we then see uh, basically the same exact thing as Noah would become uh, a second, a very similar uh, Adam. Uh, in a very similar circumstances, Adam, as Noah becomes the new only man on earth. Him and his family do. There's, a, there's another covenant that's made. And I'm trying to, to, to go through some of this quickly, this, these covenants here. We could spend a lot of time uh, going through each and every one of these covenants. But Noah, he becomes this second coming of Adam. He's not Adam, it's uh, reincarnated Adam in, in this, this, that same sense. But we see him fulfilling that same role as he comes and he is the only, him and his family are the only ones following the flood. And God gives the same command, be fruitful and multiply. He's asked to go and there's a covenant, there's a sign of this covenant that's, that's entered into. It's that rainbow that is up in the sky. And that rainbow, it's not a sign for God to say, oh yeah, I remember, I'm in covenant. I'm not going to destroy my people anymore. It's not for God to remember that, but rather it's a sign for us to recognize that God is in covenant with us. And, and even though there may be disasters, even though there may be uh, awful things that take place in this, wor- in this world, God will never again destroy all of creation by flood. God's not going to wipe us all out. It's a covenant that God comes into with Noah. But on Noah's behalf, he is to go and to be fruitful and to multiply. We see again the people of God, they fall into sin and they fall after their own uh, their, their own ways. And God comes into covenant. He calls out Abraham. Now, Abraham was a an idol worshiper. He was this um, this man who he and his whole family they, uh, they they served all these these idols and um, these other gods. But God called him out. And when God began to reveal Himself to Abraham, Abraham responded to it. And Abraham responded to the voice of God and began to walk by faith. And he listened to the voice of God. And as God uh, saw him responding to him, he began to come into covenant with Abraham. And we see this covenant that is made that he would says to him that I will make of thee a great nation. I'll make of you a great nation. And, and of that, the, uh, in order to have a great nation, you first have to have some children. And so this is referencing back to the story that we started with here today that at an old age, Abraham, receiving this promise from God that I'll make of you a great nation, he says, well, I need to have a child first. And so he gets in his own plan to have a child, and he does so through Hagar, and he has Ishmael. And this is not God's plan. This is not God's purpose. And so he goes, and, and through this, he ends up having his own uh, his own. Um, 
lineage that comes through Ishmael, but the promised lineage would come through Isaac. And through Isaac, we end up having Moses and the Mosaic covenant. The Palestinian covenant would be this, this uh, covenant that is of the land, the promised land, the Palestine. And it's a covenant that God makes with Israel. Do you see then the Davidic covenant? And then the new covenant, which comes through Jesus Christ. I just recognize what time it is. So we're going to speed up just a little bit. The new covenant that comes through Jesus Christ. And that new covenant will eventually come to an end when we have eternity that will take place. And it's an everlasting covenant. But the one I want to focus on is the one that uh, we're spending some time on there. It's the Abrahamic covenant. So the Abrahamic covenant is a covenant that uh, one was made with that promise that God uh, told him that I will make of thee a great nation. And there came a time in Abraham's life as a, as a grown man that God said, we're going to have a sign of this covenant. And the sign that God made to him, or that God uh, would have for him to do, it, uh, we read about it in Genesis chapter 17. In Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 10, um, if we can... Here we go. And Abram, he was 90 years old and nine, 99 years old. And the Lord appeared to Abram and he said to him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me, be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and I will multiply thee exceedingly. Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. And he was saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. And neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. There's a change in Abraham at this point. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful. I will make thee make nations of thee. And kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed. After thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant. To be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee. In the land wherein thou art a stranger. All the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. I will be their God. This is the covenant that God is coming into with Abraham. But God said, thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, and thy seed and all the in the generations. This is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Okay, here's the sign of the covenant. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. There is a cutting away of the flesh that takes place Abraham, 99 years old, and for all of his children and all male descendants descendants after that, there is this sign that they belong to the covenant of uh, that, that God is making with them, that they would be God's people. And this is it's this sign of circumcision, this cutting away of the flesh. And so we see here this covenant of circumcision that Abraham would enter into with God. In the book of Acts, I want to jump forward into the New Testament. This is the new covenant now that we are uh, entering into. And it's here in chapter 7, verse 8. It says, hearkening back to that day, he gave him the covenant of circumcision. So Abraham begat Isaac, and he circumcised him the eighth day. And Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat the twelve patriarchs. So here we have Isaac, that promised son. The one that would be part of the, uh, of the, the covenant of Abraham. Then, and through him, you would see this, this, uh, promise that would be made, this covenant 
that would be kept. And Isaac, you begat Jacob. Jacob uh, ends up having, this is Israel in the 12 tribes of Israel. So we have here these two people, the Jews and the Gentiles. And they're very different, uh, very divergent in their beliefs and in their practices. You see it in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Wherefore, remember, that ye being in time past, you were Gentiles in the flesh. Who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. So you have the uncircumcised and you have the circumcised. That at that time you were without Christ. Okay? This is a physical thing that they were, this, they're very distinct group of people. But he's saying here that there is a spiritual application to what was physical in the Old Testament. Today is a spiritual thing in the new covenant that will take place. Because at that time you were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. In other words, you were not part of the covenant. But now you were strangers from the covenants of promise. You had no hope. And without God in the world. You did not have any hope as long as you were not circumcised. But we're not talking about a physical circumcision here. We're talking about a spiritual circumcision, a spiritual cutting away, a spiritual sign of coming into covenant with Jesus Christ, a spiritual covenant that you would come into. Let's skip forward to where it says the new covenant, and this is this being the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. So where there was a physical ritual, this came up in the New Testament church. Can you belong to the church as a Gentile if you have not gone through the physical sign of covenant of the Old Testament. The Galatian church, this was a controversy among them. The, the, the Romans, this was a controversy among them. For Timothy, this was a controversy for him as the companion uh, and the helper of Paul. This is a controversy among all of the church. What do we do in order to become in covenant with Jesus Christ? In order to come in covenant with, with God? What do we do? So Galatians, Paul begins to address this. He says, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. But faith, which worketh by love. Let's go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 15. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. So he's saying, it doesn't matter. We're not talking about a physical thing as what took place in the old covenant. But now Jesus has come to establish a new covenant with his people. And so in Romans chapter 2, verse 28 and 29, he's not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. It's in the spirit. It's not in the letter whose praise is not of men, but of God. In other words, he's saying anybody could be circumcised physically. Anybody could have that done. But to be part of the new covenant, this is something that has to come from within. This is something that is of the heart. 
I know it's real quiet in here tonight as we talk through these signs of the covenant, but we're, there, we're trying to get to something, and that is what is the sign today of being part of the new covenant which was established with Jesus Christ? There's a new covenant that Jesus brought uh, that Jesus brought with his death, burial, and resurrection. That in that, there was a new covenant that was established. That through Jesus, he is the second Adam. Jesus is the one. You can hearken back to that, uh, that Edenic covenant where Jesus is the one who he's coming and he is he is the king priest not just of the garden but he is the king priest of all creation you have Jesus who is coming in and he is the one who is the son of God just as Adam was the son of God Jesus is the son of God Jesus is the true Noah where Noah was the one who was the savior of the world or the one who would continue uh, all of creation. Jesus is the one who is the true savior of the world. You have Jesus coming in, establishing this new covenant. And he is the true Abraham who would be the fulfillment of this many nations throughout all the earth by which all the earth would be blessed. Jesus is the one who is the true fulfillment of that Mosaic covenant, which was the covenant of the law. Jesus is the one with this new covenant that would fulfill the law and he would bring us into uh, perfect peace with him. Jesus is the one in this new covenant, if we're going back to these old covenants, that, that was the Palestinian covenant or the covenant with the land. And Jesus would come into covenant and he would give us all the land or he would allow the church to possess all the land. Just as it says that this gospel shall be preached unto the ends of the earth. So this new covenant is fulfilling all of these old covenants. The Davidic covenant is a very interesting one where, G- where God came into covenant with David. And when David was saying, I want to build a house for you, God, God said, okay, uh, I know that's your desire, but I'm going to build a house with you. He's kind of a play on words that he was saying there. But what he meant was, you want to build me a physical house. You're not going to do that. Your son will do that. But I'm instead going to build a house for you, which means that your lineage will rule forever. You will be the house of Israel. Your lineage you will rule and the fulfillment of that was Jesus Christ who would become the the it would become the the fulfillment the son of David anytime that you see that reference that's talking about the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant that God made with him and so all of these old testament covenants Jesus Christ within the new covenant when he established this was the fulfillment of them and so now He is fulfilling this Abrahamic covenant wherein the sign was the sign of circumcision. In Colossians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2, verses 10 through 14, it says, You are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him, and baptism. 
wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who has raised him from the dead. Verse 13, and you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh. In other words, here you were before. You belonged to that bondwoman, Hagar. You belonged with your flesh being in control. You had your sins that were the driver, driving force of everything that you did. That's what you were bound by. He says it was the uncircumcision of your flesh. And now you have, he has quickened you together. Or there is a new covenant that was made when you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That through baptism we see the blotting out, in verse 14, the blotting out of the handwriting of the ordinances that were against us which was contrary to us, and it took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, that through baptism you had a new sign of circumcision. That's a spiritual circumcision of the heart that for you is saying, no longer am I going to be bound by sin, but I am going to be free through this new covenant that is made in Jesus Christ. That baptism in Jesus' name is the new covenant circumcision that the baptism that you uh if you've been baptized in jesus name then that is the same sign that they had in the old covenant under abraham and that everlasting covenant where he said this is the covenant forever and and now it is not a physical circumcision but rather a circumcision of the heart and here's the thing going back to those that free woman, that son of the free woman and the son of the bondmate, Isaac and Ishmael. These two both had, both had a promise. God made promises with both of them. But only one of them was really the promised child. Only one of them truly received the covenant, truly was in covenant with God. In Jesus, we see this same thing played out in the New Testament, as Jesus comes into covenant with us, and he's saying that you need to make a choice. Are you going to go down the narrow way, or are you going to go down the broad way? There's two trees. Are you going to be fruitful, or are you going to be unfruitful? There's two houses. Are you going to build your house upon a firm foundation, or are you going to build your house upon the sand? Just as you have these two children, Ishmael and Isaac, upon which one of them the blessings flowed and the other one the curses were there. The one of them, you had, uh, you had all of the covenant uh, relationship that is, is consistent there and the other one is following after the flesh. Now which disciple are you going to be? This is a division between the two sons. Are you going to be the one that is following after and going back to back to your old ways, back to the flesh, back to that old lifestyle? Or are you going to be the one that says, I'm in covenant with Christ Jesus. I've been baptized in his name. I've had the sign of the cutting away of my flesh, the cutting away of my past. All of that is in my past. And I'm not going to pick that up again, but it's gone. 
And I'm not going to go down that broad way that is easy where I'm picking back up my old lifestyle. I'm picking back up all the old things that I used to do. I'm not going to be the one who is unfruitful and not, not seeing the fruit of God living out in lived out in my life, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I'm going to be the one that is going to go down the fruitful path where I see the fruit of the Spirit prevalent in my life. Here's the question. Why do both sons seem to be blessed? Both of these sons in their life seemed to be blessed. Ishmael, he got blessings, but really only Isaac got the covenant. Ishmael was blessed, but Isaac got the covenant. And let's finish with this passage here in Romans chapter 9, verse 6 through 16. Romans chapter 9, verses 6 through 16. It says, not as though the word of God has taken none effect. For they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. You could say they are not all of the church, even when they're in the church. Just because you showed up doesn't mean that you're actually in the church. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. In other words, Abraham had two sons, Ishmael and Isaac. Both of them were children, but only one of them was the child of promise. Only one of them was the child of covenant. For this is the word of promise at this time. Will I come and Sarah shall have a son? Let's go to verse 10. Not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. See, we see here, this harkening back to this, these two ways. The one way, is the one that would follow the promise, that would be in covenant, and the other that wants to do things their own way. Both of them seem blessed. Both of them seemed to receive good things in life. And God says, when you're trying to figure all of that out, when you're trying to figure out why, why is that person over there seem like things are going well, even though they are not actually living for you, God says, that's up to me. Just leave that up to me. That's, up, that's, that's my domain right there. I'll bless whoever I want to bless. I'll show mercy to whoever I want to show mercy to. But that does not mean that they are part of the covenant. That does not mean that both of them are part of the covenant. I can show mercy to, to both sides, but there's only one that is part of the covenant. And so, to be part of the covenant... You must have entered into that covenant and had that sign, which we saw, we see through this new covenant. The new circumcision is the circumcision of the heart. 
which is told us in Galatians chapter 3, is baptism in Jesus Christ. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. When you're baptized in the name, that old way, the old flesh has been cast aside. It's all been wiped away. And now we have come into relationship with Christ Jesus. Amen. Can we stand here tonight? I'm so glad tonight to be part of the church of the living God. I'm so glad tonight that we have an opportunity, not, uh, not, not as, as the old, the old Gentiles, but now we as Gentiles can be part of the body of Christ and we are grafted into that same covenant that Abraham entered into and that we can be children of the covenant here tonight. Why don't we just end this year tonight with a time of prayer with hands lifted up and say, God, I am so thankful. God, that tonight, Lord, that we have this promise. God, I don't, I, God, it's my, uh, desire, Lord, and my, uh, will, Lord, that here tonight in this place, if there's anybody, Lord, who is going down the pathway that was of Ishmael, where they are a child, God, they've been baptized, where they have, uh, where they have received that covenant, but they're going down a different path, and they're going back to the old ways, God, where they're following after the ways of the flesh, and that circumcision of the heart, God, where they have not allowed that to take place. Lord, I pray, that tonight we would turn around our course, Lord, that we would let our eyes be focused on you, Lord, and that we would go down the path, Lord, that is uh, cutting away the flesh, Lord, and the things that that would desire, and that we would desire the things of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.